Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am still dreaming about Easter. It was so, so good. Did everyone have a great time? Yeah. Oh my goodness. There was so much food. Jesus multiplied the food. We have like leftovers for days. It's so good. I love it. Well, um, I wanted, if I could, just to continue on with this theme of love. And today, I want to get really um, real with you, if that's okay. Can we go there? Can we just have a family chat? Okay, good. I'm so glad. Um, yeah, this is just going to be kind of like real talk 2.0 here about love and my own personal journey with love. Um, but so last week um, on Good Friday actually marked a pretty big milestone for me. Um, I was celebrated eight years of um, since I gave my life to Jesus, which is pretty awesome. Um, so March 30th, 2010, um, I can still remember it. It's, it was pretty wild. Um, just the Sunday before, I found myself in a church, just a local church, and had this encounter a radical encounter with God. I couldn't really explain it. I was just like a hot mess. I should have worn waterproof mascara that day. Like it was just, it went everywhere. And I just had this encounter and what it was was just love. That's the, that's the only words I could put around it. It was this feeling that was just so warm all around me. And I didn't know what it was, but I knew that I didn't want it to leave. And so that Sunday, I marched down to the preacher who just preached, like, total bold move. This was not my normal MO. Um, like, just one of, I think I'd maybe been to the church just a handful of times and marched up to him and said, I, I'm all in. Like, I don't know what this is that I'm experiencing, but I think you should baptize me, and I think we should do this thing. And so he's like, hi, my name is, and I was like, oh, sorry, I'm Emery. Um, and so what was pretty wild was just a few days after, March 30th, um, I got baptized at a local church, and in that moment is when the pastor offered up this invitation to me. And he said, Amory, do you want to accept Jesus into your heart? Do you want to live for him? And I was like, yeah, absolutely, a million percent. And so for me, my story was a little different because it was like a, okay, let's go all in and um, just gave my life on the spot. And you guys, it has been the best journey. It has been the most beautiful love story. And it just keeps getting better and better and better. Um, John 1.12, it says, it says this, talking about receiving God's love. It says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We are children of God. We have a father that loves us so, so much. And I love in, um, in Ephesians 3.17, says this, talking about Christ coming and making his, his home in our hearts, says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, and high and deep is the love of Christ. And that's what I wanna to talk to you about today. 
because these eight years have been phenomenal. I mean, it was as if I was like living in like black and white and that moment and that decision to accept Jesus and say, yeah, I'm all in. I want you in my heart. I want to live for you. It was like... Have you ever seen those Claritin Clear commercials where like everything, there's like a daze and a fog and then it's lifted and it's like things are like bursting with color. It was like that. It was like that. And, and this love just, it just overwhelmed me in the best way. And it seeped into some of the, the harder parts of my heart as well. Kind of those little cracks that I just wanted to look the other way and not acknowledge that were there. And this love is unending. But that's what I want to talk to you about today is how can we grasp that love? And what does that journey look like of truly receiving that love? Because yes, it's true. We open our hearts. We say yes. God uses our yes. And he's like, right, I'm in. We're in this together now. But there's more. There's more to receive. There's more in store for you because this isn't just a religion thing. We don't say yes to check the, check the box and get into heaven. No, we say yes because we want a relationship with God. So I want to talk to you about my relationship with God. Is that okay? Awesome. So here's the thing. This love thing is a bit of a journey. And... When we say yes to God's love, we actually say yes to a whole new worldview. We say yes to a whole new lens in which we're given to look through. And for me, I was like, I was like a little late in the game with my yes, that's okay. And, but for me, in this, this whole concept of God's love, in this relationship with God loving me, it took me a little longer to get on the same page with God because I was conditioned to feel a certain way about love. I love how Craig was speaking on Easter Sunday about this, of how we live in a world full of conditions. So therefore, we kind of look through this lens and our worldview is love has conditions attached to it, but Jesus' love is so countercultural. Jesus' love is unconditional. So it's taken me some time to really understand what love is, to get comfortable with love, to settle into love, and allow God to actually renew this definition of love. So I feel like there's this process of we, we receive God's love, he dwells in our hearts, but then he wants to take us on a journey, and he wants to renew this definition of love. He wants to renew the way that we see ourselves. He wants to bring fresh life into things, right? And for me, I think we all have our stuff, right? We all have the things that might have conditioned us and shaped us in a way that just wasn't ever God's desire for us, right? And for me, one of the harder things about this love is this was a love of a father. This was a love, a parenting kind of love. And if I could be real with you all, um, I, I have a wonderful dad, and, and um, what was a little harder for me about receiving the love of a parent was I actually had a bit of a rocky relationship with my mom. 
mom has since passed away. I think a lot of you know my story. Uh, about a few years ago, my mom actually took her life. And it was very traumatic. It was right when we had started church, and it was just, it was really rough. But there are some things in my relationship with my mom that I think is important for me to share today with you. And reason being is I want to just create paint a picture for you and just say, I get it. Like, I totally get it that sometimes receiving this love can be challenging. And there are going to be certain parts of God's love. It's so vast and so wide. And we're going to be spending a lifetime really comprehending this love. But there will be certain things that are a little harder for you to settle into just because of how we, we grew up, right? just what we've been exposed to. And, and so I just want to be real that, real talk, it was hard to receive the love of a parent. And it was a little challenging to receive love as a daughter. Like I said before, John 1, 12, that we receive him and we become children of God. And so this is a little bit of a process. So here's the thing. I want to say what love really is. And then I'm going to share just a little bit of my experience of why that was a little hard for me to grasp. Like As we mentioned on Sunday, Corinthians 13.4 says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So what's tricky sometimes about receiving this love is we might experience love that's counter to that. I don't know. Can I just get a show of hands? Has anyone experienced love that's been counter to that? Yeah. Because it's, it's okay. We're human, right? We're going to experience that. We're going to experience those things. But, but what I want us to keep in mind is it's important to sift through those moments and sift through those experiences so that we can truly receive all that God has for us. So the reason I'm gonna tell you this testimony is to not talk about how bad things were because our God is greater. Our God is greater than anything that you might have experienced, okay? It's, I love, I was reading this quote from Christine Kane, and I just loved it. It said, don't make what people did to you bigger than what Jesus did for you. So this, when we speak out of our our own experience and our testimony, you're speaking out of that revelation. That yes, I may have encountered these things, but that's how great my God is because I'm standing here today. Or the fact that like I don't have walls up and actually can open up my heart to others, all the credit to God, all the glory be to God. So if there is something that you've experienced in your past or your testimony, that never outweighs the power or the love of God. Amen? Amen. So I say these as a place of being empowered because of God's love through all of this, all right? 
So going back to this thing about receiving the love of a father, a parent. I grew up in a household that looked really shiny and clean on the outside. I grew up in the suburbs and like we had everything but the white picket fence. Like it looked really clean and shiny from the outside. But behind closed doors was addiction, abuse, a lot of mental illness, a lot of hurt that went undealt with and then were projected on those closest to them. And my, my dad was kind of removed from this. My dad worked a lot, and so he was traveling a lot, and so it was mostly just my mom and I. I'm an only child, so it's just the two of us. And um, it wasn't until later on in life that I realized some of the things I experienced that actually weren't okay and weren't how a mother should relate with her daughter. What it, what it was, I guess, have you ever heard the word trophy wife? I was like a trophy daughter. And so I was told what to wear. I was told what to eat. I wasn't allowed to leave the house without flesh and lipstick on. I was, I was a puppet for the most part. And I was meant to perform. I was, I was meant to do everything perfectly. And if I didn't, then there would be reper repercussions. And um, I think as going through counseling and all of that, which I've, I've done for the last few years, it was as if I had a mother that was very unhappy with her upbringing. And she went through a lot, okay? You've heard that term, hurt people hurt people. I think that was even in our devotional today. Um, that's what this was. And a lot of her actions and a lot of the abuse and a lot of the manipulativeness and control, I want to say those were just things that she did. I can still look back and I know that that isn't who my mom truly was. I can, with God's grace, separate the two. And it's important that we do that. I believe that there are actions and there are choices, but at the end of the day, this is someone that God created and God can redeem and God can restore and it is still a child of God. So even now looking back and what I'll continue to share, I can still say that there is a love for who my mom really was at the core. And it's important to, to differentiate the two. It's important to never stop seeing the gold in someone and yet, still, I experienced things that were not okay. So like I said, my mother was very controlling and did some things that were not, not okay. And, and things got swept under the rug in our family. We're Southern, so we put on a happy face and you don't go airing your dirty laundry, right? Like you just, people ask you how you're doing. Oh my goodness, God forbid if you actually told them. Like you just said, I'm fine, thank you. And you just smile and you, you just put on this facade and I was taught and projected to do that from such an early on age. 
But things got really out of control once my mom's addiction started to get really out of control. And, um, and things got really out of control when families started to intervene less and less and less. And there's a moment in time, I remember sitting, we were living in LA at the time, and I remember sitting in a Starbucks parking lot. I was probably the age of 20. At this point, my parents had separated, and my mom and I chose to, well, she chose for us to live in LA. And my mom just had really just gone off the deep end. The drug addiction was really bad. She wasn't acting like herself. Um, she was getting more and more secretive. There were more and more lies that were expected to be covered up. And this was probably my breaking point. I found myself sitting in a Starbucks parking lot. She ran in to get her coffee, she normally did. And a man came and knocked on my window, the car window. And I looked startled, and I'm in LA. At this point, I'm probably 20 years old. And I do like the little, like courtesy, like tiny window roll down, because I don't know this person. And he says, don't you know me? And I said, no, I'm sorry, sir. I've never met you before. He pulls out his phone and he says, but we've been dating online for over a year. He pulls out his phone and he starts to scroll through photos and it's all me and his phone. I'm very concerned and alarmed and don't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden, I see my mom coming and she's white as a ghost. She gets in the car and she shoes the guy away and I turn to her, and with tears in her eyes, she tells me that she's been posing as me for over two years on dating websites, pretending to be me. She had gotten so lost in herself that she wanted to live in an alternative world, so to speak. And I found out that this wasn't just the only kind of identity that she had stolen. She had also opened up about $50,000 worth of debt in my name. And the list just honestly goes on and on and on. And she, in that moment, she was just caught in a lie. And my world came completely undone. So to talk here about the love of a parent and to really receive the love of a parent, I think maybe you can start to understand how hard this was for me. But I'm here to tell you that that's not God's love. God's love is not manipulative. God's love is not, well, he'll never betray you. He will never fail you. He is safe, he is true, he is kind, he is patient, he is gentle in the way that he parents. He is for you, not against you. And he cares for you. And so I say all of this not to say how bad it was, but to shift and point everything to our Father, who is everything. He is everything. 
great is the Father, that his love for you. And so I want to just, with that context in mind, just kind of take you through some of the steps that I've taken to unwind all of this, to renew all of this, because I grew up with such a skewed version of love. I thought love forced you to perform. I thought love love was so inconsistent because it could be so nice and kind, but it was drawing you in only to trick you. And your father will never trick you. This is a safe kind of love. But there are things that we should do to renew whatever we've experienced. I, I know you've heard me speak about this before in Romans where it talks about the, the power of transforming and renewing of our minds. Well, the same should be true in our relationship, right? Because we're gonna bring other relationships of, of what we've experienced with love. So I just wanna unpack what I've been able to do to allow God to renew this definition of love. Is that okay? Awesome. Thank you for being such a safe space and allowing me to open up. I really appreciate you, family. So I guess the first thing on embarking on this journey of being okay with settling into this love, the first thing I needed to do was let go. Let go and let God. I'm sure you've heard that before. But it's so important to let go to let go of all the walls we've built up, to let go of the untrust, because he's trustworthy, to let go of the what-ifs, to let go of the hurts, to let go of how we've been conditioned and allow him to mold us and shape us. It's so important to just let go and let love in. Let love in. Another thing that's been huge for me and this renewing of love and understanding the love of a parent as a daughter, honestly, this is the hardest thing, and I'm still in it, you guys, but it's forgiveness. Sometimes, it, not sometimes, I'm not gonna be tiptoeing around this. It's crucial, you guys. It's crucial to really allow all of that love to flood in, even into the darkest crevices of your heart, it's so crucial that we forgive. And we can only do it through his empowerment and through his love. But I've heard it said that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to suffer. And it's true. And with my mom, that's not easy. I'm still in it. (laughs) Still in it of forgiving, and as things kind of start to come to mind, maybe some things I've suppressed, they keep bubbling up, I'm still in this process, but I will tell you that God is so gentle, and he'll father you through it. He will so father you through this. In John 15, 1, I didn't give this to the team, um, But I I love this imagery where it talks about Jesus and the vines. In just this first scripture, it says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. 
I've learned through this journey of unwinding what it really means to be a daughter and what it really means to have a parent that loves. I've learned the importance of allowing God to prune what he needs to prune. I don't know if you could for a moment just picture your heart as if a garden. Maybe you can close your eyes for this. And the moment I said yes to him, and I let him into this heart. It was such an unruly garden. There had been weeds that had grown up. There were vines that got all intertwined. And I can tell you through eight years of this, he slowly just pruned and gently removed what he's needed to remove to allow this love to move freely. And it's my prayer that you would open up your heart to him. Allow him into that garden. Allow him to shape what he needs to shape. And I'm, I just, it's going to look even more beautiful. And it's going to be that much more fruitful. It's just so important that we let him in, that we forgive, we let go, and we let him prune what he needs to prune. He is a good father. He is the gardener of your heart. He is a gentle, gentle father through this whole process. And I think the last thing that's really helped me, one of the last things that's really helped me in this process is choosing to remain in his love. Later on in that scripture, John 15 John 15, 9 says this, as the Father has loved me, this is Jesus speaking, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. I'd love it if I could just read this in the message for you. John 15, 9 says, I've loved you the way my Father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. When I was praying for you all and I was preparing this message, I got such a beautiful image of this scripture here. And I see it as each and every one of us have like a home. Similar to that garden, that heart, it's a representation of a home. And in Revelations 3.20, it says, Jesus says, I am standing at the door. If you let me in, I will come in and eat with you and you with me. Family, we have an opportunity to open up that door to him. But what I saw in this home, and I know so many of us have made that decision, like I made that decision eight years ago. I said, yeah, come on in. This home is yours. It always has been. But what I realized is I kind of gently closed the door behind me, and I stood in the doorway for a few years. I stood at the doorway because I was like, whoa, I'm not used to this. What is this kind of love? I've never known a love like yours. I've never seen a love like this. Could this be too good to be true? Jesus, you say, Father, you say that you love me and that I'm your daughter and I'm yours and, and that you're safe and that you will never fail me or betray me. You won't let me down like I've been let down before. But God, I've experienced this. But God, I've had a parent that wasn't so trustworthy. 
Yes, there were times that were wonderful, but what about all the bad times? Are there gonna be bad times with you, God? These questions would just keep me paralyzed in the entryway. And family, today, I wanna invite you to open up your heart. Let it be an open space. Invite him in so that he can make himself at home in your heart. I want to invite you today to to just take a few steps closer. Embrace him a little bit more. Allow him to embrace you. I want to invite you today to kick off your shoes and curl up on a sofa in there, okay? Relax. Unwind. Allow him in. Just let go and let God do what only God can do. And I also want to invite you today. Maybe this is you. This was me. I finally got to that comfy couch in my fuzzy socks. Sitting, okay, we're at home here. I'm getting more comfortable. But Lord, don't go in that closet that I've been piling stuff up in. Everyone's got that closet. (laughs) Don't go open that closet, Lord. Or Lord, I kind of like the way I've arranged everything. If you know me, I love the way I've arranged everything. (laughs) And I felt God say, can I just move this? Would I be invited just to tweak this a little? Amory, that closet. Can we just start pulling things out one by one. I won't lay anything ill-fitting. I will not be burdensome for you. But here's the thing. God meets us where we're at, but he'll take us to new places if we let him. He will. And it's that letting go. Is This kind of love is a gentle parenting kind of love. And it's a healing love. Only he can heal those deep, deep hurts. Only he can unpack it in such a beautiful way. And you know what only he can do? Restore it. Redeem it. Renew it. That's this love. This is a trustworthy love. Let him move what he needs to move. Let him rearrange what he needs to arrange. Let him redefine no matter what you experienced. I promise you his love is greater. It's greater and it's for you. I'm gonna invite the rest of the worship team to come up. I'm gonna close with this. I feel like today, God wants you to respond in whatever way. Whatever way suits you, whatever resonated in this message, I feel like today God doesn't want you to leave this place unchanged. I'm just going to read this, and this is my prayer, and we're going to continue on in worship, and I feel like God's really going to start to minister to you. He's here. He will minister to you. But I'm going to read this. This was Paul's prayer for the church of Ephesus, and, and this is really my church for us, family. And the message, it says this. My response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out all heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his Spirit, not a brute strength, 
but a glorious inner strength. That Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Family, this is your opportunity. Reach out and experience the breath. Test its length, plumb the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. Father, we give this time to you. Lord, I thank you for your love. God, I thank you that you are love. Jesus, I thank you for making a way for us to receive it. And God, I thank you that there's more in store. So Lord, we open up our hearts that they would be an open space. Just have your way, God. Just have your way. Amen.